0: And our scripture lesson for this Sunday is from the fourth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. It's a scripture we're reading reading at least for the first three Sundays in Lent because it deals with the temptations of Christ. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and he fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus up to a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Finally the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Well, dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, last Sunday, if you recall, we were talking about the first temptation of Christ, and the first temptation of Christ was one of meeting one's physical needs. And I remember saying something like, all I really want in life is what I have and maybe a little bit more. I don't really want God to give me a billion dollars, but I'd just like to have a little more assurance in my retirement, a little more comfort. And one of the temptations I think we all have in life is not so much that we're greedy, but that we just really want to be able to be sure that we'll have everything we need. And in actually in God's world the only assurance we have that we have everything we need is when we trust God to give us everything we need otherwise no matter how much i get i'm going to want a little bit more well this sunday let's talk about the second temptation of christ the devil takes jesus up to a high into basically into jerusalem and to the top of the of the temple which was the gathering ground for the whole jewish people and he said jump off because if you're really the son of god the scriptures say that you will be borne up by angels because you'll never strike your foot on, on a stone. And that's kind of a interesting temptation for Jesus because he's at the very start of his ministry. And he's pretty much convinced that God has called him to do what he's doing, to essentially save the world from their sins. But Jesus is still a man. And he has to have some feeling... Am I really doing what God wants? I think we all feel that way sometimes. We really try to do what we think God wants, but we're not sure whether the choices we make are the same choices God would have for us. And so the devil says, well, here's, here's a proof. Jump off. Or are you too afraid? Really do don't, don't you really trust God to bear you up? And Jesus answered in a somewhat strange way. Jesus says, Well, the scriptures say something else. Scriptures say, don't put God to the test. Because what Jesus, I think, is really saying in this is that we are called to trust God no matter what happens to us. And when we put God to the test when we say, I believe in you so much that I'm willing to do this bizarre thing like jump off the pinnacle of a temple, then we're missing the whole point. And while very few of us are being called to jump off the pinnacle of a temple, I keep reading, especially now that I have a Facebook account, I keep reading that Christians, we're called to pray for one another, and when one or another is sick, we we offer our prayers for that person. But there's a way we can take that too far. We can take it too far by saying, Lord, I command you in the name of Jesus to heal this person of his deadly cancer. And then we say, all right, now we believe that's going to happen. And sometimes a miracle does happen. Sometimes a person finds a, um, finds a, um, what's the word I want, a, a mitigation of his cancer, and it's, for a while it seems to be gone. And then those who've been praying for him say, see, the power of God did that. Well, and I actually I know I had a friend who that happened to, this friend, had a stage four cancer, and, and his, all his friends and his family staged prayer interventions for him, and the cancer disappeared. And everybody said, see, this shows that prayer works. And then a year later, the cancer came back, because often that happens. And the, the my friend died, and his friends were devastated, because does that mean prayer doesn't work? No, it doesn't mean prayer doesn't work. It means that... We trust God in everything in our life, including death. We trust God will be with us no matter what happens to us. And the temptation for those of us who are believers is to say, because I trust God, I can call on him and really control him. If I say the right prayers, if I say the words in the right order, if I belong to the right church, then nothing bad will happen to me. Something bad is always going to happen to me. The difference is whether I trust God to get me through it or not. And so we have to be very careful, I think, with spiritual arrogance, of saying that because we think we can control God, we can control God. And it's not, I think, that God is going to punish us by sending us some dread disease, but our faith is in ourselves, our faith is in our own prayers. And when they prove inadequate, as they always in the long run do, then we've missed the safety and the security that comes from knowing that God is with us. Well, that's my thoughts for the day. That is the good news. Thanks be to God. Now let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray this morning for all those who suffer. We pray especially for the victims of natural disasters around the world, for earthquakes and floods and t- tornadoes and blizzards. We pray for all those who are hungry and for those who are homeless, for those who are victims of wars. We pray for all those who are in hospitals and nursing homes, We pray for all those who are despondent. Lord, we pray also for all those who help, for the police officers and the firefighters and the utility workers, for the farmers and merchants, teachers, for all those who try to make this a better world. We pray, Lord, for our governor, for our president, for all the men and women in our armed forces. And we pray for one another as we remember the words that you taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the power of God's countenance and place it upon you. And may the Lord always give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you so much for watching this. We hope you have a blessed week.